0: everybody and welcome to Flop the Podcast, a podcast by Treefish EDU.
1: This is the show that features teacher guests sharing their stories of educational mishaps or flops and what they learned along the way. Why do we do it? I'll tell you why we do it because teaching is tough and we all flop from time to time. But by sharing
0: these flops and success stories, we hope that you can benefit from their experiences. In this episode, we had Dr. Richard Smith, a tech integration specialist and technology teacher from Ohio on the podcast to talk about the challenges of providing personalized feedback in the physical classroom and in the remote setting. During this episode, Dr. Smith talked about leveraging feedback in the remote learning environment to increase student engagement and their overall learning experience. Check it out. Welcome back to Flop the Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Geis. In this episode called Feedback Challenges to Feedback Success, we will be sitting down with Dr. Richard Smith to talk about the challenges he faced while implementing feedback in the virtual setting and the steps that he took to turn these challenges into strengths. Now that the grill is greased, let's get into today's episode. Dr. Richard Smith, thanks for being on Flopped the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, uh, Dr. Geis. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. I hope hey. you had a great holiday. Uh, thank sure. you. Uh, but let's get into, uh, a little bit about you today. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, your educational journey to this point
1: in your career? Yeah. So I took a long road to education, actually a lot longer than I had planned originally. When I was younger, I thought about being a priest or, um, you know, or being a teacher. And one of my priestly friends said, "Uh, why not both? You know, you could do both. And I discerned for a while and, and, um, Got into college, looked at secondary ed and social studies, and my advisor said, hey, do you want to coach? And I said, no, not really. And she said, well, if you want to do social studies, you should probably learn how to coach. So I moved to language arts. Um, and then, you know, I, I started some of my, my, uh, practicum teaching just kind of, I mean, I, I loved teaching and I loved being with the kids, but didn't know if that's exactly where I wanted to be. So I kind of switched things up a little bit and decided to move into professional development. So I worked in the corporate life for a couple of years as a manager and then started working into training and then moved into government and then moved into their training department. Did that for about almost 10 years, um, and really enjoyed it. Um, but then I was kind of missing something. So I actually started teaching, Uh, PSR classes at my parish, and a junior high theology position opened up and uh, took the leap of faith, if you will, and decided to go in and teach reading, and and theology did that for a few years, and then the school decided they wanted to move into Chromebooks, and having loved technology, uh, the technology side of teaching, they asked me to take on that first director's position to implement one-to-one Chromebooks, so did that, decided that I really enjoyed it, but I did miss teaching, And so uh, an opportunity showed up at the high school level where I could do both. And so I went and taught theology for a year and then they moved me into kind of consulting with some of their technology. They were a one-to-one school as well. And then by the second year became the director of technology and innovation and, um, yeah, just that's where I'm, you know, that's where I'm at today. So I'm teaching some technology classes part-time, which I love the high school that has the flexibility that gives me the ability to teach and to be able to do some of this stuff with technology integration. And uh, along the way, completed a master's in learning and development, as well as a doctorate in uh, digital learning and digital transformation, right? Teacher leader in digital transformation.
0: Is that what we graduated with? <laughs> that, that That is what we graduated with. Right. One thing I love about this situation uh, that you have yourself in is that as a tech coach or in a tech specialist, you're able to see one half of the story, but because you're also a teacher, you see also the other half of the story where you can now see what practices are working. You could put them into play and then report back to the rest of your staff or your, whoever is training your staff, if it is not you. So in this podcast, we're talking all about flops and how we can improve from these flops. So flops doesn't mean that it's necessary a bad thing. It could just mean that it's something that just didn't go quite right and that we can't approve on it. So let's talk a little bit about a practice that you liked using prior to virtual teaching. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I've, I've always uh, been a big proponent of offering feedback. I just uh, never, I always called it the cold transfer. You know, that someone would take a test and then just get the score on it. And then we moved on. Like there was no growth there. So I always spent a lot of time. Um, I would, you know, do some short answers or essay questions to kind of just probe and see where the real learning was happening. Hopefully that was going to spark something for the student. But I spent a lot of time writing comments on these tests and was feeling very vulnerable in, in that. You know, the period would be over and then in the recycle bin by the door were all these tests like they weren't even reading. So I was spinning my wheels. It felt like just kind of offering this feedback and spending all this time on giving them information that I thought was going to help them grow for the next project or for the next assessment. And um, really just to kind of see it face up in that recycle bin just kind of threw me for a loop. So I was like, why am I spinning my wheels and spending all this time on putting all this feedback in place? So um, I was looking for ways to do that. And of course, then I started teaching with Google Classroom and saw the use of private comments and saw some of that on how how that was nice because I could actually reach out to them on some level. But uh, again, wasn't sure it was being read. And I think a lot of it was because I was focused on after the fact. You know, they didn't care. They just wanted the score at that point in time. <laughs> you know, they just wanted to be able to to see how they did so they can move on to the next thing. And, you know, I kind of fell into that trap myself. So I had to look for a better way to do it. And then you hit remote learning um, or hybrid learning or, you know, how can we really up the game with personalizing our instruction in this situation where we're not face to face? And so that uh, became the next struggle. All right. So, you, you had an initial struggle of feedback
0: and in, in finding a way that you could implement feedback into the classroom. Now we're in this virtual world. We all got thrown into it last March. Mm-hmm. We're in this virtual world and you want to make feedback better. You want to take this practice and take it to the next level. So you know that they're working towards it or working with your feedback and making a better product, right? Talk to me about the virtual setting and, and how that went and maybe what you struggled with with virtual feedback.
1: Yeah, and I think some of it is I'm, I'm a very project based classroom now. I wasn't before um, and just kind of made that transition uh, probably about a year or two before this whole pandemic hit. Um, and so I was feeling pretty confident in the fact that they were actually Doing the skills instead of just hearing about them, they were actually performing the the skills that I wanted them to do, and then this whole remote setting hit. You know, how do you do a project based atmosphere? Remotely. So, the first thing I, I kind of dug up from my library was this creating the Anywhere, Anytime classroom. And this was co-written, or co-authored by one of our performer professors, Dr. Lisa Reason. Um, and it really changed the game for us. So, we actually contacted Dr. Casey Reason um, through Lisa to see if he would be willing to spend some time with us as a group, as a school, um, to see if we could better form our online classroom so that we can kind of shift the paradigm when we had to. Because our plan was to be simultaneous in learning when we came back in the fall so we wanted to have a plan in place that we could flip the switch in case we had to go all remote because of a breakout or if we have some people in person and some people remote so we spent a lot of time this summer just kind of redesigning the way we thought instruction online should happen in a one-to-one school so that was the first step that we took then i was fortunate enough to catch a keynote by dr Catlin tucker and um It it changed like it spoke to the core of what my situation was. I was really struggling with finding this feedback um, and and really, you know, when's the best place to give it. And Dr. Tucker uh, really changed the game for me there because she started talking and it was just totally hitting at my core. She she was saying that uh, she felt the same way. She was doing these lesson plans, spending all this time taking work home. And spending time on this feedback and just feeling like it was going nowhere, um, and so she started working it into her station rotation in her classroom. And I said, "Well, wait—you well, could probably do that too. Um, really, if you think about it, we just add on an extra day in the lesson." And I guess as teachers, sometimes we really start to think about um, our lesson planning. And I, I don't know about you, when you've done yours, but I was like, "Oh, if I don't get through all this material, somebody's going to come down, crashing down on me, and <laughs> just..." you know, just strike me with a lightning bolt or something, you know, like if I don't get all this content in. And um, I kind of just kind of took a step back and said, now, what if I really work this into as a station rotation, as Dr. Tucker was, was discussing? So I started finding some other ways to personalize it as well. Uh, I started using Moat because that was a brand new app that was coming about during that time of the pandemic uh, to give voice to the feedback that I was giving them on Google Classroom. So it wasn't just something they were reading or ignoring, if it was a click of a button, they might be able to hear it and say, oh, that's kind of cool. And they did. So that was the first step I took.
0: Yeah, I love Moat. I think it's a great practice for teachers uh, to get into with this whole feedback thing. It's an amazing ed tech tool. Uh, All right, so we got through the remote part Mm -hmm. and you are now realizing that you have Moat that you can instill into the classroom. So as we get into, I guess this remote still or hybrid learning situation, how have we brought this feedback practice and really developed it to be a, a strength within your practice?
1: Yeah, so it really did add a second dimension of personalizing things because it was my voice along with the, the typed comments and really to connect it to, to offer that emotion behind the feedback really added a level when we weren't together. So here we are back in the fall now and we're hybrid, right? How how do I service this feedback opportunity for my students who are still at home learning versus those who are with me in um, in person. So I've always used Google Sites as a way to collect portfolio information. And I started giving them class time to really reflect, to write their reflections on the pieces that we were finishing as well as to ask questions to me personally so we actually made time for them to while they were working on pieces of the portfolio to say here's your station with me today if you have um, feedback that you wish to get let's go look at it together let's pull some things up and i really didn't think that they were going to take me up on that Um, and much to my surprise it was really kind of cool to see that they Came in and invested like they really wanted to hear from me about what I thought their progress was going to be. Now, granted, I get to teach some pretty fun classes. I teach digital media, you know, which is making videos, podcasts and all that other fun stuff. Uh, I teach uh, tech apps and innovation, where we explore applications and how it leads to innovation in our daily lives. And then um, I teach a brand new course this year called uh, Introduction to Robotics. So these are all kind of fun courses anyway. But these are courses where as we're working on our projects, the students are kind of like, hey, how am I doing? And uh, they were seeking me out. So that was kind of a cool feeling to, to add that time, whether it was during a Google Meet. Like if, they, if it was my online learners, I had the meet time with them. Um, We would set up a little schedule and say, you know, we're going to do one on ones with a Google Meet person first, and then we'll set up a slot for in person and just go back and forth as as long as it takes us to do that. So they were actually seeking it out, which I thought was cool. Um, But then as we got towards the end of the semester, I said, how can we kind of jazz this up a little more? So I I used the app called Screencastify, which uh, I loved. Our school bought a subscription this year. Uh, to really kind of up the game to add a third dimension to it. So now it wasn't just using a moat and they could hear me or they could visit with me in my office hours. But what I did about a week before turn in was go through each one of their portfolios and recorded a screenshot of, you know, our objectives, our learning goals for the semester. And where I felt their portfolio was hitting at that moment. If they were going to turn it in today, here's what I'm seeing. Here's what I'm not seeing. And man, it, it took about a minute and a half video for each student. Uh, but man, did that change the game. I came in the next day after submitting them. And, uh, you know, my email lit up. Hey, can we make time? Are we going to sit down and talk about this some more? Hey, thanks for that video feedback. Um, I really enjoyed that. My favorite was the student who said, no other teacher has ever done this ever for us in my education. So that was really cool. Thanks for doing that. So it really kind of lightened them. It kind of personalized it for them. Um, But at the same token, I felt heard as a teacher that the things that I was hoping we would achieve together Um, We're actually being listened to by the students.
0: That's pretty cool that you, I mean, you found a way to take a practice that, uh, let's be honest, as a teacher, feedback is not an easy thing to do. Give quality feedback that is going to resonate with each student. And we struggle with that a little bit in the regular classroom. We struggled with it a little bit during the beginnings of remote. But now you have built your practice up to be something that, you know, students are seeking you out, one. And two, it's really personalized for them that they want to do better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, uh, that's the name of this game is how can we make our practice so it fits the needs of the students and makes them want to do better. And I think you nailed that on the head. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if, if this isn't, you know, a flop to a strength, I don't <laughs> know what is, uh, but I really love Moat as a ed tech tool and the use of screencastify me personally i would probably use screencast-o-matic but that's just you know <laughs> my my personal feel on that but i really also like how you made your rubric come to life through that one and a half minute video uh-huh. so
1: all right well and there were some things that they really they they really didn't um expect to to hit you know i mean they i i think that as we are as teachers, we go through our teaching career wondering how each one of their challenges are unique to themselves and how we can help them over, you know, overcome that. So for me to spend that time doing a minute to a minute and a half video to go through early enough to say, hey, here are some changes you can make to achieve that goal. Um, just meant the world to them. And so the fact that they did it, I'm going through these portfolios now thinking they nailed these objectives. Um, It really does come full circle in fulfilling a need that I had to make sure that I was helping to validate their need to learn.
0: Yeah, the the emphasis that you're putting on the personalizing of the feedback, I think is definitely key, not only for them to see value in that feedback, but just to buy in that you're there for them. And I think that's totally cool. Uh, So I just wanted to thank you, uh, Dr. Rich, uh, for joining us for this episode of Flop the Podcast. Uh, Thanks goes to our listeners for spending some time with us today. Uh, I I just need to throw a big shout out to Dr. Rich. Make sure that you're following him. Uh, He does have a wonderful uh, podcast called Tech Study Hall. So make sure that you're going out to most of the uh, popular podcast players and listening to Tech Study Hall. You can find that podcast at www.techstudyhall.org. Follow Rich on Facebook, uh, his podcast at facebook.com techstudyhall. And then you can follow him on Twitter at Smith underscore edtech and Instagram at smith underscore edtech. Thank you, Dr. Smith, for being with us today. For having me today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to Flop the Podcast by Treefish EDU. Remember to check out our next episode on any platform for podcasts or on the Treefish EDU YouTube channel.
1: You can learn more about our virtual and in-person PD offerings at TreefishEDU.com.
0: And be sure to follow us on Twitter at TreefishEDU and sign up for our newsletter at TreefishEDU.com.